Good morning, everyone. We are super excited today because obviously a lot of people call this hump day, but we call it Wealth Wellness Wednesday. We're super excited that we got a great guest, repeated guest. We're going to get into that in just a moment. But good morning, everyone. This is Carol Sue, a.k.a. Nonny Boss, live with two sisters. Hey, good morning, everyone. I'm not sure what was up with the hands there, but hey, I'll go with the flow. My name is Janice, AKA Wellness Diva 5.0, Organization Diva, Digital Diva, yada, yada, yada. Today, we have an amazing guest and she has been on before. And sometimes when we do an introduction, I don't feel that I can give it, give the introduction that much umph because there's just so much to say about this amazing, young woman. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to dive right on, on into it. Helen, welcome back to the Two Sisters podcast. We are so excited to have you on today. Oh, good morning, my lovelies. I'm so happy to be back. It's always worth getting up super early in the morning because I'm on mountain time, not Eastern. <gasps> That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, but I'm happy to do it because I love you guys. It's so nice to see both of you. Well, we love you too. And that's why, you know, you are in that really elite group of two sisters family. Uh, and we always love providing our listeners and our viewers, as well as our guests, listeners and viewers, the impact of what, how you can impact their day with all your knowledge, your expertise, and most importantly, your humor. I just love it. You look, you look a tad cold this morning. I see that. It's a tad cold. It's minus one here this morning. So mm -hmm. I know, I know. I think uh, I, uh, I try to run every day. I think my running days are over now until the spring. So I'll get on my bike that's inside and warm. Yeah, yeah. it's cold. Yeah, I, you know what, and, and a lot of people love to embrace, you know, all what we know of with different seasons that are coming and the temperature changes, the climate changes. And I'm glad that you love it because I have to say, I like the cooler, colder temps from probably about December 23rd to January 2nd, and then I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, if, where I live, we have longer winters than we do any other season. So you better like it or else you got to move. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But so you know what's really sad when it comes into the spring? I'm yeah. actually sad that the winter's over because I'm a skier. So I love it. Yeah, yeah. I know. And that's the point when you're adapting the stuff that you just absolutely love and are passionate about, it does tend to take the sting out, or in this case, the chill out a little bit. So it's good, but tell us what you are up to. We're so excited to have you back on. Oh my gosh. So I, it's like perfect timing. So I uh, just put the final beauty touches on uh, the brochure that's coming out for my Greek retreat in uh, 2022, September 1. So I was just reviewing the itinerary um, yesterday uh, before we, uh, we launch it uh, to the general public to buy in. But I am so excited to be able to be back in Greece where I love it. And um, it's really special for me because, um, you know, I didn't even know I had Greek genes in me until I was 31 or 32. And so when I was there, I've been there a couple of times and it's just perfect. So for being able to share my family um, history with 
everyone else while we're learning about ourselves is just perfect. And it's really warm there <laughs> in uh, September. You're you know, like, like de-thaw or, or thaw before you get frozen again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's what's new. I'm super excited, even though it's almost a year away, but I've got a lot of planning to do too. So yeah, I'm super excited. That is so exciting. And I was kind of getting the chills thinking about that, not be so much as the coldness, but what you said that I picked up on about learning about yourself. Yeah. Is there... It is, and it really can be um, very in-depth or it can be something that maybe you want to achieve, whatever that may be for you. So my question, which just popped into my head was, is what is one thing, obviously you're doing this retreat, but what is this one thing about this retreat that you want for yourself? Such a good question and such perfect timing. So in order to do the work and really go deep inside yourself and look at your journey and, and come to an understanding of your journey and finding the gifts in your journey, it's really, really hard work. And it's never a one and done. To me, so far, it is, uh, uh, it is constantly you know, paying attention to how you react to situations, paying attention to... Um, your emotions on situations, those kinds of things. So it takes, um, it takes a lot of work. So for me, uh, it's, you know, when I'm talking to people, I'm also listening to myself quite often. If I'm with a client, I'll say something that's, you know, brilliant. I'll hold up the mirror. It's like, hold on, I gotta hold this mirror up and remind myself because you know what? Uh, no one, I believe, I certainly am never above what I talk about. Because I'm, I'm a work in progress as well. I love that. And, you know, I love that because so, so frequently, too, when you have um, a retreat or a, you know, convention, they hire that speaker or you are a host. And this is one of probably my biggest pet peeves where if you're not relatable to your audience and it's really about, you know, really just doing a montage of your accomplishments or you know how you got to be where you are it's not relatable to the person that's listening to it they, they want strategies they want to know you know really that maybe that you dug yourself up deep and how that's relatable to somebody else that they can incorporate whatever you learn through that journey but to, I, I find too many times that a lot of speakers and hosts do that and i think it's one of the you know i don't think they necessarily do it on purpose uh, I just think it's kind of the, their format. And uh, I, I find that when I am in the presence or the audience of that type of monologue almost, I tune them out. Yeah, and what's nice too is when you're with a group of people without fail, and especially in such an intimate, and you're, listen, we're gonna be together for 11 days, right? We're gonna have lots of fun. But um, what I love about these retreats uh, is the camaraderie that comes out of that and the because you know what it tells you you're not alone and that's the most important thing I think you need to hear I love that I absolutely love that because that is so true that I think that's what makes it relatable oh they're struggling with the same things I am what do they do to turn it around oh my god that's so much value I can incorporate that in what I'm doing yeah, it's really just walking alongside. It's, I'm not, you know, I'm not teaching. I mean, I'm just sharing what I've learned to cope with 
situations that I'm not comfortable in or things that I have not really, I, you know, processed completely, that kind of stuff. So it's really nice to have that really nice organic feel to it. And then, uh, you know, one retreat I have, so quite often I do breakout rooms um, where I do the one-on-one -on -one coaching and I can hear them, the group in the room and they're howling and laugh. I'm thinking, um, are we supposed to be? <laughs> but what I love about that is that you can laugh at yourself. You know, you can laugh at the situations. It doesn't have to be so super intense. Don't get me wrong, it gets intense, but sometimes it's fun just to have that release of laughter too. It sure is. And we actually, Jan and I just chatted about that learning. We're learning TikTok and like you cannot help but laugh at yourself. And if you're not laughing at yourself, which is to me is like one of the best medicines to get and get you on that funk, get that mindset going. And of course, Jan is wearing her. Uh, I wear my sunglasses at night for those that cannot see our listeners and our viewers. Janice is wearing these uh, meme type glasses that are over her face right now. So I think she's like preparing for for. Halloween, I think. But anywho, <laughs> what I love about that is that the laughter and laughing at yourself really conquers all because it really shows your vulnerability. It shows that you're you're kind of willing to take that leap in yourself of doing something, maybe taking you out of your your comfort zone. And then when you, especially when you, especially when you go to the playback, you're hysterically laughing like, oh yeah, what, what was I doing? But it's funny. It's also part of the learning process and being understanding that. It's okay to make fun of yourself. Yeah, and it's also a very healthy way to release whatever you're holding in here too. You know, yes. I mean, instead it does of that, it really does, and it kind of lightens the moment. But you know what I notice is a lot of people are uh, when they when that happens, and you just like that gut howling laughter. Uh, <laughs> it almost you stop and think, oh my gosh, should I be this happy when I'm talking about you know whatever one of the worst experiences? Yes, you should be because that is exactly what you said. It just steps you out of the moment. That is so true. And, and laughter definitely sometimes is the best medicine, not maybe laughing at yourself or situation, but laughing with yourself. And, you know, as I was on Clubhouse this morning, that the subject of laughter come up came up and it's been coming up a lot all over different spectrums and in different social media platforms and what better way to make someone laugh or have that laughter or create your own laughter than to share it with someone else so i love that yeah and it and it, it's wonderful to share your tears and your angst and i think it's important to do but absolutely, I think that if you can just kind of bring it up a bit and, you know, some things uh, in the moment don't feel like you're ever going to laugh at it. I think that's what people find so shocking is when they do laugh, eventually, it's shocking because it's like, oh, I didn't think I'd ever laugh about something like that. Well, I can think of one which just popped into my head. Yeah, there's a lot of popping going on today, but was when we were at... Um, Awake, no less. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Uh, Carol, so I don't know if you remember this, but. Um, oh, I do. I know where you're coming out with. I'm just sitting here being. <laughs> and I, I laugh thinking about it. It was um, our paternal grandmother, Norny, um, passed when she was 103. God rest her soul, our dad's mom. And 
the funeral director came in and said, and it was just immediate family that was in there and said, okay, the, you know, the wake is now over, the family invites you wherever it was. Um, I think we were there, we, we were, he was gonna do a um, prayer. Okay. <laughs> so we all stayed there and he kind of looked and I don't know, I found that a little funny. So I kind of, I started snickering, but then it was very quiet and it was this ominous type of quietness and then in the far distance, now I think our mom had uh, injured her foot or something. So she was using a cane, but all of a sudden in the dis distance, you heard. And it got louder and louder and louder. So I kind of turned around, obviously realized it was my mom. And I leaned over and my other sister, I said, hey, I'll, I'll give you 50 bucks if you trip her. Well, we all started cracking up right in that little circle there. So everyone's looking at us, but then we had, oh, oh, then we were like, oh shit, you know, this is our grandmother's funeral, our wake, you know, we have to look serious. So we made it look like we were crying, but we were actually cracking. Uh, my cousin, Sandra, who is one of the most, my most favorite people on the planet, her and I have that. We just have to look at each other and we lose it and we lose it at funerals. We lose it every place that's inappropriate. So now it's like, don't look at me because we're going to do it. I mean, oh yeah, I think of the times when we were laughing at funerals and stuff and, and exactly we're trying to make it look like we're crying. I mean, it's terrible. Well, it, it is, but I think that's, you know, for me, it, it's kind of God's way of, you know, kind of letting you, you know, be human laughter releases a lot of good energy especially if, even if you're sad in those moments and i think those moments are that help you to kind of carry you through what you have to go through and yes of course i mean it, it, it actually started out with you know the priest was looking and okay people like leave we want this time for the immediate family and he wasn't realizing that that large crowd was the immediate family and that's kind of how the chuckling started so we were already the audience and i say the audience the family members were already kind of in a comedic mode um just because of even the slightest thing little thing that the priest did and obviously then you hear this noise and we realized our mom was not around and we're like oh my god it's that noise it's the cane and you know, why Jan worded it that way, I'll never know. I never asked, I just giggled and I made sure I had my tissues. <laughs> but our cousins turned around and they knew, you know, they could just tell, oh my God, okay, what happened? We missed something. And everyone just started giggling for no reason. And it just released that, yeah. you know, sadness that we were feeling. And, you know, we, and that's why I say, you, you know, is it appropriate or inappropriate? Are there, you know, there are times where things are inappropriate, but I don't, you know, uh, you know, sometimes it just is way it's God's intervention, I believe. Yeah, there's far more inappropriate things than that, I think. So. Exactly. Right, and you know, I can't tell you why I did that. It, the opportunity just presented itself. I just, I'm just being me. I had to kind of go with it. So <laughs> leave she's, it to the quiet ones, right? I was going to say, she's the quiet one, okay. No, I love my two granddaughters. They're three and one. The three-year-olds like be very boisterous, outspoken, headstrong. The little one, she's very quiet. She just sits and observes. And uh, they're like, my kid, my son and his wife are like, well, we really feel like we're only raising one child because Ellie is just so easy. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably the one you're going to have to watch out for. <laughs>
we'll find out. No doubt, number five out of six. And for some reason, I don't know, I think I was, you know, even after number six arrived, I think I was always treated as the baby for some reason. So maybe it was just the the funniness of my nature finally coming out. I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. But you know what? It, it sometimes it feels good to be a rebel. Tell me. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so obviously we know that you are an author, you are a speaker. Are you working on excuse me, any new books in the works for you? Yeah, so my first book I wanted to do, so my first book, 53 Grove Road, I wanted to do a rewrite because um, there's some pieces in there that, you know, like all of a sudden my brother shows up at my father's funeral and I've never made mention of previously. Um, my best friend shows up when I'm giving, uh, when I'm delivering my son and she wasn't really talked about much in it. So I wanna make it a little more, um, just a little more detail. So I'm working on that. Um, and I'll tell you, it's really hard because I still have to go back to those childhood experiences, which were not fun, very little laughter going on there. And so um, I have to be careful when I'm doing it because it can throw me into a funk. And so again, that continual working on stuff, right? Uh, then the second book uh, is a follow-up to 53 Grove Road, uh, for sort of where I, I kind of left 53 Grove Road off that I had met my um, husband then. So the second book is really where I had to start doing the work. I thought I'd done the work by writing the book and, you know, been in therapy and stuff. It's like got a little bit arrogant about, oh, I've done my stuff. And I would think so, don't never say that <laughs> because the universe is going to turn you in a direction because you haven't learned everything, especially when I was only 40. So the second book is, is a follow-up to brings me to where I am now. Then I'm writing, I've got an outline done for a third book, which is really fun about a ghost. Uh, I, that's all I'm gonna say about that one, but I can tell you it's so much fun to write it because you can make, I, you get to make up characters uh, based on little pe uh, people you've met along the way, little little influences that have come into your life. So yeah, I you know I'd love to tell you that I'm fast and furiously working on it right now, but um, I'm having a bit of a time getting started with it. So I you know once uh, uh, once November hits, I'm gonna really start to dig deep and because it's really crappy weather, you can't really do anything anyway. So I need to get that done. So yeah, that's what I'm working on. Very wow. Exciting. Yeah. And November, obviously, we know is National Novel Writing Month. So. Oh, what, perfect. Yeah. So I what, did not know that. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that's exciting. And Carol, so I think you can attest to this too. Um, during the writing process, I think it's so amazing, especially when we read um, other books or, you know, people's chapters and in, in a different anthology or whatever it may be. Um, just the the writing, like the concept of, you know, where were they in their mind when they were writing that story or their feelings? And we've often chatted about that. Um, Carol Sue, what do you think about that? I mean. Yeah, I mean, it is true because you, you do wonder, you know, when you hear these stories, you 
we like to kind of investigate beyond the story and dig to, you know, why, whether sometimes it's pretty obvious what the subject matter, why they chose to write what they're writing. In other words, you really try to write that mindset. You find when you're chatting with different authors, they can, uh, it's some, whatever the subject matter may be, it just incites this fast writing. And then you have other authors will say, oh, you know, it was a struggle. I really had to get myself in that right mindset. I secluded myself for a month and just, went to town or you you know have other authors that say look at i don't know i just wrote it in one night or you know a week it just, it just came to me so it's interesting to see where the or the origination of their mindset or where they actually took place of coming up with the idea and then going to town and sometimes it just happens to be that they hit the nail right at right you know the the, the gates right you know that horse is ready to go and they're there and other times they know that it's such an either an important subject matter or maybe it's so personal that they want to make sure and they're almost overthinking it because they want to do such justice and i love the fact that you are doing a follow-up on a book that you wrote to to really address those inserts that you really thought well okay maybe i should have put them in there right at the time didn't think of the, uh, how relevant it could be and I think that's a testimony uh, to authors as a whole when they really come up with and say, I've got to do a follow up because there's, you know, a, an underlining story. And then there's the backside of that story of little things that sometimes the creative juices don't go there yet. It sometimes takes the author to read their own words over and over again to incite that kind of follow up. And I love that you're doing that. Yeah, and I, I never wanted to wrap um, 53 Grove Road up in a little bow uh, in a box with a bow on it because that's not how life works. And right. uh, again, it was goes back to what I was saying earlier about the when people are healing, um, it's not a one and done. There's still lots of times when I'm still struggling with my child. In fact, I had someone tell me a couple of weeks ago and it never even occurred to me, but when I was telling her my story, she said, you know, I don't know if you realize that you're actually a miracle that you survived that childhood. And it never occurred to me. And I, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the, probably one of the most important value subject pieces that we really incorporate into our podcast is that, you know, we and we did this all through the pandemic that, going through these hardships whether it be you know with you personally your own personal family your local community your state community or the bigger picture local you know big time government whatever it may be and all the assertions that come with that you know and what we've all experienced really almost two years now is that if you're open to it there are blessings within that devastation there is blessings within that uh, awful experience or tragedy or abuse or whatever. And it's almost like, okay, how can you say that there's a blessing with abuse? How can you say there's a blessing with, you know, what we've gone through, you know, where so many impacted people, people lost their lives. Sometimes it's not easy, but you do have to allow yourself that time to reflect. And I think when you reflect, sometimes the blessings right there and, and it's undeniable, but other times they're just little blessings that are all the stepping stones that got you out of that kind of dark place. And those, are, those stepping stones are really blessings in disguise. So the whole point, blessings, I mean, look at the, that quote, blessings in disguise. They're a disguise for a reason, because maybe at that time you weren't ready to be open-hearted and open-minded 
to say. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You are so absolutely bang on right. And that is the thing is when you're going through those moments, you don't see the blessing. You can't because you're trying to process it. And it does feel weird. It does feel weird, but it's when people are like, oh, it's like, how can you be so positive after everything? And it's like, I choose to be. That's a big part of it too, is I choose to be. But I will tell my clients that when you're broken, think of yourself as a seed that has fallen to the ground. And those tears that you're, I know it sounds maybe a little bit hokey for some people, but those tears that you cry are toxic tears. You're getting rid of it. And if they, if they fall onto that seed and your brokenness, that's where the growth becomes um, real because now you've allowed yourself to be vulnerable. Right. I love that, that analogy with the seed because with the seed, you know, we're constantly going through the seeds of changes, the seasons of change. And that does really require the seed to kind of be uprooted and replanted. And when you replant it, you've got to nourish it back to getting to the rebirth of it all, going back to the basics of the seed. And in that you, you regrow, you grow into something even more beautiful and or different that guess what may lead you to plant another seed. Well, can I share a, a story with you? There's a plant. It's called the Rose of Jericho. And yeah. it is a desert plant. And it can live for years and years, decades. And just kind of be, you know, out there floating around like most of us are until it is watered and then it blossoms. Yeah. I love this analogy because I think a lot of people, a lot of us, I know I certainly did, just kind of floated through life for a long time, not really understanding why I felt the way I did, or why I was struggling with what I was struggling with. And then the minute I stopped and I was started, I love that word nourish, when I was almost forced to look at what had gone on, that's when the growth really began. It's a beautiful, it doesn't feel great when you're doing it, but boy, once you've walked through it and you look back, you're so proud of yourself. I love this. Yeah, and I'm going to ask Jan, because we, we, we've often talked to this, get her perspective, but when you chat about this is, you know, when we talk about, you know, the, the different generations, your 20s going into your 30s, you obviously you don't think the same way, 30s going into 40s and so on and so on. And I think you get to that point, that certain age, and that, that age is different for everyone, where you start doing a little bit more reflection and really where you understand the quotes of, you know, uh, you know, that's somebody, you know, that that's in, in a different age bracket has a different perspective because they have the experiences that they've already lived through that they can now kind of like, okay, well, I would have done this differently or that as hard as it was brought me where I am today. So never to, to define ourselves in such a way that even if we think we have all these dreams, these goals, these envisions of what we want to be or leave for our legacy, that you don't leave it to the boneyard. What do you think, Jan? Well, that is so true. I mean, you know, think of these past, you know, two years, for instance, um, to be where I am today, I couldn't just get here. There are certain things that I had to go through personally, professionally, whatever it that may be. And that really formed and defined um, what I want to be. And in anybody's life, you know, in my personal life or my professional life. And, you know, just within two years, you know, it started with daddy. Um, as, sad it, as it was when we lost our dad, we witnessed a miracle. 
we literally witnessed our dad being accepted in the Lord's arm. There's no doubt in my mind. It was that profound. And as sad as it was, yeah, I mean, as sad as it was to lose him, we knew he, he was in the Lord's arms. It was sad for us, of course. And then, of course, um, uh, my son um, suffered a life-threatening um, injury um, where he was in ICU for a few weeks. But again, I, I go back to those first two to three weeks when everything was doom and gloom and what they were saying that my son was not going to be able to do. His progress, miraculous. So I think when we're in the, the muck of what we never expected, because we know life is a, is, can be very eventful, very gratifying, but also unexpected things happen all the time. But to see the blessings in that, my dad, my son's progress, miraculous. It's beautiful. And I yeah, think it, you, go, yeah. you go through, I mean, and for some, it's just not obvious. And you, what, what I love to see is when I'm chatting with someone and they're, they're chatting about what they're going through and you know, you know, that type of person I'm talking about, you know, they're pessimistic. They, you know, they don't look at life half full or the empty half glue, uh, half full versus, you know, full or half full, whatever the term may be, or they don't, they're not, they're not positive. They don't have a positive piece of mindset in their, in their bones. And when you see that type of person really all of a sudden realize the blessings of even going through that kind of that yucky mindset and that you see the physical and the mental change of them, you know, it, it's remarkable because not everyone has that ability yeah. to be patient and to be open-minded to the goodness that is out there, even in the, in the midst of hardship. But then when you see, you know, and then you have that one person that, like I said, is just miserable all the time and to see them evolve through it. That's a miracle. It, it absolutely is. And to have that confirmation, um, and I don't even know if I shared this with you, Carol, so, but uh, when I took Ryan for his post-op appointment and when we left and he said to me, mama, I'm so glad you were here with me. He said, but there's one thing I want you to remember. Um, and I'm obviously not saying this verbatim, but he said, you've got to keep up, keep up with your creativeness because I know how important that is to you. This is a kid, or I should say a young man who eight weeks earlier suffered a life-threatening injury, has traumatic brain injury, and he was consoling his mama. Wow. Right. I mean, that's a miracle. And that is a miracle. And that shows you the, the capacity of, uh, you know, again, that's a blessing where, you know, you're, you're faced with adversity, you know, from, a, from an emotional standpoint. But, Lord, he's facing this adversity of when you're talking about any kind of brain injury, comprehension, uh, you know, really finding ways to communicate and decipher in that cognitive ability to even have that foresight or insight at that moment to say what he said. You know, those are the little blessings that some people, you know, might not, it might not have triggered that right away. Maybe it takes time, but those are the things that are, you know, I think the universe, God, whatever you believe in is, is genuinely uh, giving us that kind of rub on the back to say, you know, things are going to be fine. 
And I know it's very difficult for a lot of people to believe what they can't see. But when you're presented with something that you can see and you pass by that opportunity, you do do a disservice. And that's why I think reflection, whether you're an author or whatever we're going through, reflection is, is paramount to really make the vision of the miracles reveal itself sometimes. You have to kind of just reflect. Yeah, it goes down to that uh, being open to being vulnerable. And uh, people who have not faced adversity, such as a life-threatening um, event, um, and they don't get it, it's frustrating. Do you guys find it frustrating? I don't think frustrating is the word, but do you find it when you've done so much of your own introspection and your own work that is frustrating to see someone who's not stepping into it and it's not about judging or whatever but it's like oh my gosh you know on this side it's just so much cooler than to be on that side of intense unhappiness and searching and searching when really you should be in here looking not looking for it externally that's why you can't find it what's the word I'm looking for? Well, I don't know, but there are some people that are very stubborn minded and refuse to, you know, embrace it and have that conversation with Mira. So I like to take something and like hammer over the hat, like, hello. Did you, did you, you just happen to have that on your desk? <laughs> oh, absolutely. This oh, is, I love you guys. Yeah. This, this has a lot of meaning okay. for reasons. And yes, I have the other piece too. Oh, I love it. Yeah. But you know, sometimes you do, you want to like shake that person and say, but you also have to be mindful because some truly don't. It takes a while. Well, that so would have been a perfect segment into my story about mommy at, at our grandmother's funeral. With that, that would have made a much better sound than that my. Okay, I'm going to be hearing that all day long. I'm going to be. That's that. where I think that's where you have to. <laughs> I think that's where you have to find the compassion too, and and not be, you know, on your high horse looking at someone. It's like, oh, you haven't done your work, right? No, because that's not where they're at, and you have right. to respect that. I guess that brings it down to what do you do with that? You know, do you turn around and walk away? Do you, you know, I think do the. You, make it known that you're there like when you're when, when you're not aware you're not aware there's a great quote of a book I quite often talk about broken open by Elizabeth Lesser and she talks about once born and twice born people and the once born person uh is afraid to walk into the woods because they 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 don't know if they can uh go through and it's easier to turn back versus the twice born person who has gone through and doesn't come back comes back to visit, but doesn't stay. It's a really powerful um, quote that I, I, I talk about in all my retreats is, are you a once born or twice born? If you're once born, that's okay too. But do you want to experience being a twice born? And I'm not talking about God or anything like that. That is all internal. Right. Um, yeah. I think there's value in that because I think it goes to, uh, you know, when you have someone that's, you know, willing to compromise, willing to meet you halfway, extend the olive branch. I think I would interpret that as someone that's twice born versus I would think the once born is kind of like that type A personality. They're, they're driven, nothing wrong with being driven, um, but they're also a right fighter. They have to be right at all costs. There's no compromise. There's no give and take in that conversation. And frequently those people are also the ones that 
instead of looking at the blessings or the goodness, despite the disparity and the hardship, they're the ones that are just down and out pessimistic, just there's no flexibility, you know, life is just doom and gloom. And I find with somebody like that, like as you're saying, do you stick with them or do you? I think at some point for me personally, I and I and I share this with so many clients and customers that it's okay to let go. Sometimes they need that let go process for them to find out that you were a blessing in their life, that you were trying to help them. Because we all, all know you can't you can't drag that horse to that water. You just can't do it. And as painful as that realization that you have to make that decision, especially even more so now with social media and things that are going on, there's a lot of like push and pull and tug of war. At some point, it's not our job to change anyone it's not our job to change someone's perception of something it's their job to do the work all you can do is impact them with giving them either examples and or how you're reacting to them but then it's okay to like pull back and say you need to figure out this on your own or maybe you need that time that solitude or kind of be absent from you know my life to understand the value of what i was trying to do with you or bring to the table and sometimes you will find those that, you know, and that's the cool piece that you finally see that person change and evolve and, and kind of get into that twice birth perception now, twice born versus staying, you know, in that, in that one segment piece of just that, you know, that birth that one time. So I think there's, there's great value to that. Yeah. Yeah. Jan, do you want to speak to that? Yeah. I have something to say about that. I, I think that, well, that a surprise. <laughs> well, I think, well, I know for me, I can't speak for other people, of course, but I think we stay where we are because we know that even though there's something else that we should be doing where we are is safe. So why would I want to leave that leave that bubble because it's too scary over there it's enticing i see the shiny objects but not so sure and it all goes back to when we when carol sue and i started the podcast when and i was talking about this this morning on clubhouse how we started two sisters and i'm like this we got to do this okay we got everything set up and then on that friday a couple of days later i said hey we should start a podcast. Yeah, just go ahead and get everything set up. And I'm like, and she hung up the phone. I'm like, uh, okay, well, how the heck did I do that? Now, if you ever listened to our first few podcasts, we were horrible, but you know what? Maybe not so horrible because we learned from that and we grew and we just have been having a blast ever since. For instance, obviously I'm at the control. So at any moment, Carol Sue knows that I can mute her. And that's the little sister muting the big sister. Well, you know, she has great pleasure in that. And she, she doesn't realize that I get great pleasure that she really thinks that she's in control. Because literally, <laughs> what talk about is no one's in control. That, that is well, true. The bigger picture. You're, you're absolutely right. No one is absolutely in control of someone else's um, actions. And I think that's something that I, I am still, uh, I still struggle with is that I take on other people's behaviors 
And I mean, that's codependency at its very best, right? And so that came out of a codependent childhood. I mean, I mean, I mean, there's shades of it. I try, but at least I think it's when that awareness comes in, it just changes your whole, your whole everything. It doesn't mean it's easier. I think we have to stop making it, you know, it, if it's, if you feel this way or you feel this way, there's only those ways to do. No, it's a constant go through, become aware, choose what you're going to do. Uh, and, and all the while trying to love yourself. I think that's people struggle with the most is they don't love themselves. True. And I think on, on to, to uh, kind of a side swipe with, with Jan, when, when she was talking about why they, you know, d don't jump from being, you know, once born to twice born. I think it's a familiar, I mean, don't, I mean, don't we like from just being in familiar places, familiar settings, what feels comfortable. And a lot of times to kind of take that leap takes courage, takes, uh, you know, a leap of faith that you're not going to fumble it or fall or fall flat in your face. But that's part of the process. We all know that's part of the journey. But I think for many, they're so stubborn. They're just, they're so comfortable where they're at. If you really were to peel back the layers, and we know we all have layers, so we're all like an onion that you got to continually peel. Uh, sometimes it blossoms into a nice smelly object. Sometimes you get the stinky and stick and it's got to go. But I think that's part of the process of peeling the layers and saying, yeah, you're in, you're in your comfort bubble. You're in that yeah. familiar that, you know, that chaos becomes the comfort zone. It doesn't actually feel comfortable, but it's what you know. Yeah, you know, because it's familiar. Like, why would I? Why would I change what I'm doing? Like, this is comfortable. Good. Well, yeah. you're right. It's not really comfortable, but but that's all I know. And it's kind of like this, like you're the hamster wheel on this onion circle. Yeah, it's true. Exactly. Oh my gosh, so many great nuggets. Um, now, obviously, you talked about your retreat um, in 2022 going to Greece. What was your, out of curiosity, and we may have already covered this, but what was your first retreat like and where was it? So my first retreat was here in where I, my home, where I live in Canmore. And we have, I think I had 14 women and, and I, men are welcome as well. I, I prefer to do all female all male um, retreats because I find that sometimes either sex doesn't feel comfortable opening up uh, sometimes, right? I mean, that's still a scary thing. But the very first retreat I had, <clears throat> and that's the one where we did the one-on-one -on -one, and I could hear them laughing in the boardroom. And I'm thinking, are we supposed to be, <laughs> like, it was great. They were laughing. They had such a good rapport. But what it was for me is people, the girls, the ladies, just all were free to open up. And there was some pretty um, brutal events that came out of what people had lived that they were sharing freely. Uh, for me to stand and watch that and, and go through the exercises that we do, it was so powerful. I love it. And at the end of it, lots of tears amongst the laughter too, especially on the one-in-one. -one. People just feel comfortable just to kind of go that sucked that's when they that's the seed moment when it's like that did not feel good I'm hurt I'm angry I'm all these things and so through the work that we do in the workshop all of a sudden that's where that growth comes in it's like it's okay to say it really sucked and it really hurt yeah I, I that's I so pure mind and already I got 
some 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 great nuggets, but great nuggets on some future things that you know two sisters can implement with everything that you've given us. How would you let uh, our viewers and customers and uh, listeners know where to reach you? We know you, you know. Well, you can reach me on Facebook under Helen Rose, uh, but my business is called The Gift, and it's funny you're talking about this today, Carol Sue, but uh, it's called The Gift of Being Present. So it's www.thegiftofbeingpresent.com, and when you go on, you can sign up for my newsletter. I'm always open to receiving emails from you if you're struggling. Just reach out if you want to talk about my retreats uh, or just have a chat. Just reach out to me. I love it. That's why I do what I do. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And we will make sure that your um, your information does get posted um, below the live of this video on our Facebook page and in the show notes. This has been an amazing Wealth Wellness Wednesday, again, with the amazing Helen Rose, who um, also has RSVP to our 350th episode coming up on Monday, November 29th. We are very I'll excited. be there. I can't that's wait. I'm so excited so for you guys. Like that's very inspiring for other people that are doing podcasts. That's a lot of podcasts. I love it. Thank you. I mean, we, we've had a lot to uh, chit chat about. We've, um, we've laughed and we've cried. We've shared some personal things. We've shared our raw and authentic selves. Carol Sue, you take it away because you do the, um, I think you do the wealth wellness ju justice better than I could probably explain it. And we always love sharing that. We, well, I, I appreciate that. This is probably one of our favorite days, or at least my per personal favorite day of the week, because we talk about wealth, we talk about wellness and how they're incorporated and how you need to have a healthy relationship with money because it has to do with your mindset and your overall health and wellness. Well, what is the best emotion, human emotion is gratitude. And if you're an entrepreneur, and even if you work at a brick and mortar facility, uh, company, office, whatever it may be, it's always great to give to your normal charities that you do, but that's not what Wealth Wellness Wednesday is all about. It's all about surprising an unsuspecting person, someone that you don't know, and have that financial exchange. Well, how can you have a financial exchange, you say, with someone that you don't know? Because you leave it and you depart. They don't know who you are, and you don't know who are, they are unless you're like hanging around the corner and want to see the reaction of what they get. So what does that mean? It's showing you that the more money that you do have, that you create within your universe or however that you work towards, that you can impact more people. So let's, let's take a little snippet. If you're at your local church and they need a furnace, how would you feel instead of writing out a check for $10, if you could write out a check, not even thinking about it for $10,000? So when you have more money, you can impact others that might need it or a church, uh, one of your local, local charities, whatever it may be, you can be that part of that. But it all starts with a simple action because we know we're not in control. We're only controlling how we act and how we react. So a tidbit, and I'm gonna actually show you a quick card I use, and this is, I'm uh, connected with Rank Makers, Rank Higdon, who actually really turned me on to this whole gratitude. And I take a little card, and it's not about the monetary amount. It could be a dollar, five dollars, twenty dollars. Sometimes you'll see people doing it uh, in a tip, like you know, a server comes in there, they may double or triple the tip because that person doesn't, they're not expecting that, right? And how doesn't 
how good it feels when you receive something, an unexpected joy, and you're not really sure how that's going to impact their day. Usually, nine out of 10 times, it means they're going to pay it forward. So I like to leave a little card with something in it, maybe a little note. You might find this in a gas station where you're going to put your credit card in to pump up for gas. Maybe you realize, oh my God, they're not taking a credit card. They're only taking cash. And I only got $9, but I need $12 of gas. And Lord and behold, there's a $5 bill in there or a $10 bill in there. I can get the gas and I can run in and get a cup of coffee, but you know how I feel about coffee, all the subject. But the point being is really to come up with creative ways. And uh, the last one I shared was last week or two weeks ago, which is one of my favorite. How many times are you cleaning out that closet? Got rid of, got to get rid of those clothes, right? So I had four bags of clothes. Some of them sadly had tags on them that I chose not to wear or, you know, had them so long. I thought, yeah, not my style anymore. And within those bags, I just stuck bills everywhere. And what do you do with those bags? You put them in a container for them to get picked up. So somebody's going to open up that bag and say, there's not just clothes in here. Who would do that? And I impacted somebody in such a way that is going to brighten their day. They're going to feel that gratitude. And guess what? They're going to pay it forward. Nine out of 10 times they do, uh, you know, and that's what, when you put things out in the universe. So having that wealth wellness Wednesday mindset to pay it forward to an unsuspecting person, try it. I guarantee you, you're going to feel great. And you're actually going to get the better gift anyways. But with that, we are going to close this wealth wellness Wednesday out. My name is Carol Sue, AKA Naughty Boss, along with Helen Rose and Duke. Sisters, hey, it's Janice with the Waving Hands, Wellness Diva 5.0. Thank you all so much for coming today. Thank you again, Helen. We can't wait Thank to have you. you on again. And love you guys. We love you too. And go out and make it a special day. We will see you tomorrow morning for Trending Thursday at 8 a.m. Hmm, I've got some things up my sleeve. <laughs> Younger sister at work again. Okay, bye everyone. Bye-bye. Oh my God, that was amazing.